Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the next episode of the Twits Odyssey. We're going through Roald Dahl's The Twits Classic Children's Book. It's not just for children, it's for everyone. And that's why we're doing it. Um, we were in the middle of the chapter entitled Mugglewump Has an Idea. Uh, Mugglewump, of course, is the uh, performing monkey who lives in a cage in the garden of the Twits. And he's got the roly-poly bird uh, roped in. Um, and Mugglewump has said that we're going to turn both Mr. and Mrs. Twit upside down with their legs in the air. I can imagine that would be one of the funniest things imaginable for a young mm. kid listening yeah. to this, age like six or something. Um, don't be ridiculous, the roly-poly bird said. How can we possibly turn those two maggoty old monsters upside down? We can, we can, cried Mugglewump. We're going to make them stand on their heads for hours and hours, perhaps forever. Let them see what it feels like for a change. Ow, said the roly-poly bird. Just tell me how. And that was where we mm. left it. And now we're about to find out how they're going to do that. Um, oh, uh, his, uh, Dahl's language has got a little bit florid here. He's gone there. Uh, no. Mugglebump laid his head on one side and a tiny, twinkling little smile touched the corners of his mouth. He must have been high when he wrote that line. Thank you, no. He must have been... Oh, I shot myself fucking- there. I'm fucking going for it here. Sometimes I get on a fucking roll. And then stop. Don't think about it. Just let it come. Keep going. Went, Keep going. Well, I went out the back of the feathers to have a piss because they've got an outside car seat. And there was a couple of younger lads and they were they were smoking a funny smelling cigarette and they, they're giving it the old out you roll doll I used to fucking love James and the Giant Peach bollocks and I've gone never mind all that you pair of fucking freaks gives a toke on whatever the fuck it is you're smoking there they've said it'll be a pleasure so you know I don't want to fucking come off like a fucking pussy do I to these young lads so I've given out a couple of fucking Big industrial tokes on the bastard. (laughs) Sucked it all down in my lungs. Well, fuck me. I have immediately thought, hang on, I've fucking made a mistake here. This is skunk. This is fucking, this is skunk. This isn't like the stuff I had when I was a kid. This is fucking mad. About my depth. I felt all of the fucking blood drain from my head (laughs) and go straight down to my feet, right? My head felt numb. 
I couldn't fucking hear what they were saying. I could see their mouths moving, but it was all coming out like just fucking weird noises, right? They were, like, I thought, they I were like on Charlie Brown when the teacher talks and it just sounded like trumpets. So I just had to bluff it. I just was nodding and smiling and going, oh, right, well, I, ideas are coming to me at anywhere, really. I just started answering the questions I assumed they were asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I write most of it in a shed in the garden. <laughs> Uh, I had to fucking get in that outside car seat and I made myself a little bit I took off my coat and I folded it up into a little cushion and it was quite a narrow room but I managed to get into a sort of a fetal position and lay there but still my head was swimming and I thought I could be in big fucking trouble here big trouble do not move roll do not fucking move and then then what I had to do was I had to try and get the, the blood from my feet back into my head (laughs) <laughs> so I put my feet up against the wall, so I was almost at ninety degree angle, and slowly the the, the blood start. I could feel it going back through my body into my knot. And eventually, I was all right to get back on, and I walked very gingerly back into the pub. And they said, "Oh, you were a while out there. Is everything all right?" So I just I said, "You know, oh, I, I was having a shit. You know, <laughs> put them off the scent like that. That shut them up." And uh, then I ordered mis- I ordered myself a brandy. And I sat and I thought, well, I'm feeling just about stable again. But I, I thought maybe now's the sweet spot for a bit of fancy writing because my head was still feeling, what do you call it, you know, psychedelic-like. So Otherworldly. And I just fucking wrote and all sorts of fucking shit started coming out. And that actually is one of my favourite bits in the book, in Twits. It's, a, it's around about the bit where the, the monkeys start trying to turn the Twits upside down using glue. Right, and it's one of my best bits. It's but never again. No way. It was a proper fucking whitey. It was, and it weren't pleasant. It's just that one line, but I love it. Muggle wump laid his head on one side, and a tiny twinkling little smile touched the corner of his mouth. That was it. That was it. But it was worth it because it, it elevates the book. I think. Uh, after that, I knocked back my brandy. I got a mini cab back to the house. I mean, it's only a ten minute walk, but I ordered a mini cab because I thought, "Fuck it." And when I got in, well, I tell you, I put my fingers down my throat and I vomited profusely, and and then I just went to bed. I, well, I ate four Kit Kats and then I went to bed. <laughs> and the next morning, all I could remember were them lines that I'd written. <laughs> Fucking skunk, be careful. It should be reclassified that, you know, to a fucking class A. Because I tell you what, I've done class A's and not felt half as fucking endangered. I'll do a fucking line of gear and I'll be fine right as rain. No problem at all. And yet, I could do time for carrying that around. Skunk, you get off with a caution. And yet you can take one toke on a skunk spliff and next thing you know, you're lying 90 degrees in the outside car seat thinking you're going to fucking... Your brain's going to implode. The old system's topsy-turvy like like fucking Mugglewump and the other monkeys. Ridiculous. It's like I said, end of the day, drugs is a public health issue. It shouldn't be a criminal issue, right? <laughs> I'll leave it at that because I've got in trouble before going into like more political spheres. And the things I say, but I'm, it's fucking ridiculous, right? You're sticking people in the neck. What? For walking down the road with a bag of, let's say you've got fucking, you know, all right, you've got 20 pills in your pocket. 
because you and your mates, there's 10 of you, you're going somewhere, you're going to have two each. You're going to double drop. But suddenly, I could do seven years for that. It makes no sense. <laughs> Put it this way. Writing's not the only thing that happens in that shed I've got. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. I've said enough already. <laughs> anyway, Mugglewub. Uh, now and again, he said... But not very often, I have a brilliant idea. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. Uh, this is one of them. Follow me, my friends, follow me. He scarped off towards the house and the three of the monkeys and the roly-poly bird went after him. <laughs> Buckets and paintbrushes, cried Mugglewump. That's what we want next. There are plenty in the workshed. Hurry up, everyone. Get a bucket and a paintbrush. I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, he's thought it through, I think. Um, inside Mr. Twit's workshed, there was an enormous barrel of hug-tight sticky glue, the stuff mm-hmm. he used for catching birds. Fill your buckets, Mugglewump ordered. We are now going into the big house. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Mrs. Twit had hidden the key to the front door under the mat, and Mugglewump had seen her doing it, so it was easy for him to get in. In they all went, four monkeys with their buckets of sticky glue. Then came the roly-poly bird flying in after them, with a bucket in his beak and a brush in his claw. <laughs> so, Fucking hell, what a sight. Yeah. So, uh, where are we? And then we're in the next chapter, the great glue painting begins. This is where the, 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 the technical side of the book comes in, isn't it? The nuts and bolts of the uh, of the story. Uh, this is the yeah, living feel, room. He, let's be honest, he fills a lot of the word count here just with he does. like he does. more or less like stuff you'd ex- expect from a Haynes manual. Yeah, it needs doing though, doesn't it? Although it's, it's, very, it's very complicated. This is the living room, announced Mugglewump, the grand and glorious living room where those two fearful, frumptious freaks eat bird pie every week for supper. Uh, please don't mention bird pie again, said the roly poly bird. It gives me the shudders. <laughs> We mustn't waste time, cried Mugglewump. Hurry up, hurry up. Now the first thing is this. I want everyone to paint sticky glue all over the ceiling. Cover it all, smear it in every corner. Over the ceiling, they cried. Why the ceiling? Um, there we are. Never mind why, shouted Mugglewump. Just do as you're told and don't argue. Uh, but how do we get up there, they asked. We can't reach. Monkeys can reach anywhere, shouted Mugglewump. I'm just reading the book at this point. Yeah, should, we, should yeah. I just be reading the book? Is that, are we allowed to do that? Are we going to get Royal Garden lawyers coming it's, down on us? It's really weird, right? Because you're reading it, and I am enjoying it so much <laughs> that I forgot. I'm, I'm not lying. I forgot that we're doing a podcast, <laughs> and I just disappeared into myself. I don't yeah. know if you saw, but I was sucking my thumb then. I noticed you were just sitting like with your like resting back in your seat with your eyes closed. Oh, thought, mate, it was lovely. But you're right. For legal reasons, we better calm down and do what's known in the trade as critique and review. Yeah, which is what will cover us. We're going to be in trouble, uh, aren't we? So yeah, yeah. he says the monkeys well, can it's reach funny, anywhere. Actually, it's quite cosmosy because um, Len was saying to me, yes, just yesterday, he went, you know, you do some episodes that are just you and Andy talking about books, like the mm. Twits. I said, yeah, he goes. Isn't that copyrighted? Can't they sue you? And I said to him, ah, it's a good question. I said, but no, because we're not just reading out the material. We are doing what's called critique and review of that material, which is actually should help them commercially. And we're also providing, I also claimed, which is a bit more far-fetched, said we're also providing a service to people in helping them to decide which books to buy and read. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. Which he did look sceptical about because he has overheard the sort of shit we talk about on this podcast, <laughs> and I don't think he was completely convinced by that. But it's weird that he brought that up yesterday, and mm. then today we find ourselves literally just doing an audio book of a, the twits. On a legal precipice. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, this podcast does exist for people to decide whether or not they want to buy the twits or the Keegan. So, if you're thinking of buying a book, but you don't know what book to buy... Listen to Top Flight, subscribe to Top Light Time Machine. That way you get the deep dives and you can just hear what books are worth it. But yeah. I would say pretty much every book we choose to deep dive, we're already basically endorsing it, aren't we? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I right. mean, we've not done a deep dive and then at the end said, in conclusion, this is a shit book, don't bother <laughs> with it. Actually, you weren't that keen on Michael Owens. Nah. Never mind. Um, right, so what they're doing is they're going to uh, glue the ceiling. Um, Mugglewump is in a frenzy of excitement, waving his paintbrush and his bucket and leaping about all over the room. This has been brewing, isn't it? This has yeah. been brewing for, for, for a long for a while now. Time. Yeah, he's, he's given this a lot of thought. Um, he's saying, come on, come on, jump on the table, stand on the chairs, hop on each other's shoulders. Roly-poly can do it flying. I don't know how keen Roly Poly Bird's going to be on this because it feels like a lot of work, and I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think. I, th- I think he's more of a watcher than a worker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got a lot to say. Yeah, but he's one. Yeah, he's one of them who uh, uh, got a lot of advice, but not very mm. practical. But you know, he'll get involved at some point. Uh, don't stand there gaping. We have to hurry, don't you understand? Those terrible twits will be back any moment, and this time they'll have guns. <laughs> and the great glue painting begins. All the birds flew in to help, carrying paintbrushes in their claws and beaks. Where are they getting all the fucking paintbrushes from? Mr. Twit is but one man. Why are there mm. so many paintbrushes in his in his shed? I mean, I'm looking yeah. on the next page, and there's a double-page picture, really. Um, I think Dahl's gone. He's, he's ran Quentin Blit and gone... Fucking hell, Quentin! I've got such a fucking hangover. It's a four-day job. This I've got out for page seventy-two. Can you do a double-page picture? Loads of birds with paint brushes and buckets, paint and glue on the ceiling. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. <laughs> but but roll. Just one question. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> Get it done. What's not to fucking understand? I've just explained it. Do exactly what I just said, and we'll be right. So there it is. And yeah, there's loads of them there. Uh, imagine the shit. There'll be shit everywhere. But that's oh, all disgusting. Right. All things gone to shit anyway. Uh, the monkeys are there, standing on tables and chairs, and the birds are painting the ceiling with glue. As everyone was splashing away like mad, and with so many helpers, the job was soon finished. Next chapter. The carpet goes on the ceiling. Now we see what's happening. Now. now it's all coming together. Uh, what now, they all said, looking at Mugglewump. Aha, said Mugglewump. Now for the fun. Now for the greatest upside-down trick of all time. Are you ready? Pull out the carpet, shouted Mugglewump. Pull this huge carpet out from under the furniture and stick it on the ceiling. On the ceiling, cried one of the small monkeys. That's impossible, Dad. I'll stick you on the ceiling if you don't shut up, snapped Mugglewump. <laughs> Whoa! Fucking hell. Calm it down a bit, mate. It was all feeling a bit kind of um, love and peace before this. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, fucking lost it. But that's what? classic That's classic sort of dadding, isn't it? Yeah. Like, 
it's exactly the sort of thing like you're really into something and it's such a fine line when you're dadding about mm. there's such a fine line between enthusiasm and rage yeah because you'll yeah. get really into a project and really want the kids to be into it and then you get deeper in and if they question it yeah you're like snap it take you've got your vision haven't you do you know what I mean yeah you've got a vision anyone stand yeah. for any and, back and, yeah and sometimes the kids they will try to undermine you but, they will, uh, and that's what's happening here. That's what's happening to Michael yeah. Wump. I'll stick you on the fucking ceiling. Uh, he's dotty, they cried. He's barmy, he's batty, he's nutty, he's screwy. He's wacky, cried the roly-poly bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, is no, it a fucking thesaurus? Notice how he waits for all the others to say stuff before he joins yeah. in. Coward. He's wacky. Poor old Muggles has gone off his wump at last, he says. <laughs> Oh, do stop shouting such rubbish and give me a hand, said Mugglebump, catching hold of one corner of the carpet. Pull, you nitwits, pull. So the carpet's coming up. Um, I don't know how you pull a carpet up when there's furniture on it. I mean, fucking hell. Mm. There's all kinds there's of logistical issues There's a lot of them, though, here. fucking hell. There's about, judging by the picture, there's about a hundred birds. Yeah. And about a dozen monkeys, so. Well, they're just birds, though, aren't they? They're just birds. I don't know what their carpet pulling ability of a bird is. Monkeys are pretty strong. Mm. Fucking freakishly strong. Um, there's a bit of word count work here as well. He talks about the carpet. He says, uh, the carpet was enormous. It covered the entire floor from wall to wall. It had a red and gold pattern on it. Mm. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine words there. It had a red and gold <sighs> pattern on it. Uh, stick a bit of description in here. That's always a good space Every for little helps. Let's think, of, let's think of something that really paints a picture in the reader's mind about this fucking carpet. <laughs> How about this? It had a red and gold, gold pattern on it. Full stop. There you go. <laughs> uh, Paul, he's, he's probably gone back and added that sentence in. When yeah. he's been short on words by the end, he's gone back and sit, just to see where he dropped it in. Uh, Paul said Muggle won. Pull, pull, pull. He was like a demon hopping around the room and telling everyone what to do. But you couldn't blame him, says Dahl. After months and months of standing on his head with his family, he couldn't wait for the time when the terrible twits would be doing the same thing. At least that's mm. what he hoped. So there we go. The carpet's getting dragged and hoisted up onto the ceiling and there it stuck. All at once, the whole ceiling of the living room was carpeted in red and gold. There, I've mentioned the colours again. A few mm. more words off the word count. Lovely. Off down the feathers. Chapter completed. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. I've done myself a favour and I've got, the, I've got the landlord. I've got a huge amount of influence down there, I'll admit, what me being a local celebrity. And I, I said, I don't want to see those fucking young lads who are here out back smoking. I'm pretty sure it was, they're into drugs and I don't want to see them in this pub ever again. <laughs> and the landlord said, fine, Rold, I'll sort it, right? <laughs> and, you know, 
I don't like to come across as someone who's hard lying about drugs. God knows, you know, I'm sympathetic to that. But I just couldn't trust myself to be around them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I just had them barred. Fuck them. It's for self-preservation. <laughs> There's a bloke that gets in and I give him 200 quid. And he said he'd make sure they didn't come back. And I didn't ask any questions, but I gave him the money. And, you know, I feel a lot happier now going down there. I don't know what's happened to them. Hopefully, they've just been encouraged, let's say, to try a different boozer or a different village or maybe a different town. I don't Um, think for 200 quid, anything really bad's happened to them. Do you know what I mean? So, fingers crossed. You'd be expecting more for a while. I won't, I won't give away too much, but let's just say market rate for anything more is you start in entry levels 500 quid. <laughs> and that is from the, the Jippos who live, <laughs> who live in, the, in the big field, just about a mile out of town. You know the ones, right? Um, and you go, if you, if you engage with them, which is not easy, you've got to show a lot of respect, Right. If you can manage to engage with them, you'll get summit done for 500 quid. But until you turn up 500 quid cash, you're not even getting into the caravan where you're the top boy sits. You're not having a conversation with them until you've shown you're, the money. You're not even having the conversation. What, what generally happens is a, a young kid will run up, you know, to the front if you turn up at the sort of entrance. And if you hand him the money, he'll disappear. And then you have to play a waiting game where you think there's a very good ch- chance I'm just being fucking mugged off here. But then with luck... The kid will come back and then he'll lead you to a particular caravan where you go in and then the conversation begins. <laughs> You've got to trust them. There's an element of trust in it. But I find that it's always paid off. I've never been You've there. also got to make sure that you uh, treat them with respect and observe their culture because, understandably, the way they've been treated over the years, they will be suspicious. So, I mean, it's little things like I will always, and I, I don't even know why I do this. They've never asked me to, but I always make a point of taking off my shoes and socks before I walk in <laughs> to the camp. And I, don't, I, I tie the laces of my shoes together and I hang them round my neck and I put socks inside them. That way I won't forget them. But I do it. and No one's ever asked, and funnily enough, none of them are ever barefooted, but I just sort of feel... That, you know, it shows willing on my part. It feels appropriate. I'm not sure why. I can't tell you. <laughs> they seem they seem to like it too. They'll they'll always clock. They won't say out, but they'll always clock my feet, which will be usually quite muddy because it's quite a muddy field they live Over in. Through the field, yeah. No, <laughs> oh, they're nice lads. You know, it's all about give and take, isn't it? <laughs> they're, they're nice lads, and you know, sometimes you need to go and they are. Doing yeah. business with them. They've got a bad reputation, and as far as I'm concerned, it's it's, it's unfounded. So I, I find that to be delightful. <laughs> and if you're ever needed to get a cheap car in a hurry, they can sort you out with that as well. There's a they really once you're in with them, they cannot do enough. Like anything, really. Dream up anything. I mean, you could just think up something weird that you didn't even need doing, just to see if they'll do it. Do you know what I mean? You play a little game. <laughs> like I could say, go, you know, go and fucking set fire to that butchers in the village. Is is a few hundred quid, and you know they'd probably do it. At one time, I went to them and I said, "Look, I can't say why, but for four hours, I've got to need a giraffe." <laughs> and they came good with it. I was just trying to put them to the test. I didn't need a giraffe. I mean, it was good. <laughs> it was good for a few hours. Just, you know, I yeah, led I it around so the garden I, for a bit, <clears throat> but. You know. I was stuck with it. After an hour, 
it got a bit boring. <clears throat> and I was like, this is a pain in the ass. The first hour, we were like having a laugh. I was getting to know it, having a look around, trying to see yeah. its knob. Turned out it were, it were a lady one. It were a lass. So the last giraffe. It, had a, it were a lass. I saw its um, giraffe vagina, which <clears throat> is a not that nothing much to report on that, to be honest. Not of much interest whatsoever. It's uh, a giraffe's cock, on the other hand, I would have been fascinated it, to see. It's quite hard to spot, actually, because it's, it's like recessed up into the giraffe kind of undercarriage, let's say. Whereas the cock look at, of the giraffe swings quite low, and you can have a good look at it. So I maybe should I have, uh, I maybe should have specified I wanted a man giraffe and not a lady giraffe. I'm six foot, and I can quite comfortably walk underneath the undercarriage of a giraffe while it is standing. Yeah. Just have to bend my head a little bit and get a right good look. That's how I managed I can, to eventually... I can reach up and just give it a little flick. I can, the that's how I, I eventually, after a good dig around, I found it's fanny. Yeah. And I thought, well, now I've seen it. Tick it off the list. Tick it off the bucket list. Rolls it, bucket list. It, it killed half an hour of the four hours that I had the giraffe for. Because by that point, that, I was, I was hour, bored. I was like, fuck me, what am I supposed to do with this fucking giraffe? What what can you do? Keep it entertained. Stick it in front of the fucking telly. Wouldn't have a, a giraffe wouldn't have a fucking clue what was going on in countdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, went over to the uh went over to the tree on the side of the field and had, had a bit of a munch on the leaves. That was good, that killed a bit of time. It <laughs> it, it did a lot of shitting. I was surprised at how much shitting it did. But, uh, there didn't you go. really equate to the amount of leaves it had eaten either, so I don't oh, know how that weird. works. Don't know what's <laughs> maybe, going maybe on in the Jurassic Park. Before it came round, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe so. And get in one. the end, the you know the lads, the gypsy lads, they turned up. A couple of kiddies again. They usually send kids no older than seven or eight to do most of the basic admin work. They turn up. A couple of lovely young kids in a big fucking truck that they were driving, which was incredible to see. Lovely that, to see, really. That, that rose. That a couple of questions came out of that as well. I, I tell you that. I, uh, I thought, well, it's nice to see a lot of kids nowadays are just fucking cosseted. They don't know how to mm. look after themselves. These lads, they turned up, both smoking JPS. I noticed, right? Good brand of fag. Proper fags. Proper fucking fags. Turn up in a truck. The language they used was industrial, to say they used, <laughs> at least when they spoke to this giraffe. But the giraffe fucking knew who was boss, let me tell you. There's a seven-year-old, one were a boy, one were a girl, actually. It's hard to tell because they have long hair. But I tell you what, this fucking giraffe was in no doubt as to who was in charge in this situation. They were like, right, get in that fucking truck, you fucking long-necked bastard. Right? And it fucking did it. And that I were thought, it. Bang. And I thought, well, is this their giraffe then? Because I thought they were going to source it from a third party. <laughs> so I was unsure in the end whether it were theirs or whether they just they were just naturals with it. Do you know Gypsy what I mean? Because it was very responsive. They had a they have a natural authority about them, and it's the way they raised. And I think us normal civilians could have got a lot to learn from that community. Either that or giraffes cow very easily, and they'll just <laughs> respond to anyone that uses a firm voice with them. I never, I never no tried soft. it out to be honest. I'm no soft touch, but I put it this way: the giraffe didn't respond to me anything like it did to these kids. Yeah, but I, I was, to be fair, looking back, I was a little bit overawed by it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was regretting it as soon as it arrived, but I, I should have took I should have took control. I could have been riding around on its back. 
if I'd had the wherewithal. But I, I could have gone into the town. Could have gone into the town. I could have fucking gone round that Kingsley Amos's house. He thinks he's so fucking fancy. Let's see how he would have reacted if I'd fucking rocked up round at his on a fucking giraffe. Pete went over his garden fence. Afternoon, Kingsley. All right, come. Come, darling, yeah? <laughs> Just out for a little ride about on my fucking giraffe. <laughs> and he'd be like I bet it's not even yours it's probably just a rental <laughs> fuck off is it a rental I fucking bought it <laughs> I, I own it bought it outright the fucking publishers give me it it's an advance for my next book <laughs> gonna be about a giraffe fucking research innit tax deductible mate <laughs> tax deductible fucking giraffe that what have you fucking got Fuck all, mate. No one wants to read your shite. What are you up to? Sitting in the house writing your next 120,000 word fucking load of bollocks? Yeah, About fucking, fucking some bloke and he fancies a bird, but she won't get off with him. No one gives a fuck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding around on this fucking giraffe. And, as I mentioned earlier, tax deductible. <laughs> anyway, TTFN, you miserable bastard. See you at the next garden party, you cunt. <laughs> so there the uh, roll dial down the feathers again um, next chapter the furniture goes up um, and they put the table uh, a bit of glue on the bottom of each leg that gets stuck on the ceiling as well a bit more um, word count stuff he says hoisting the huge table upside down onto the ceiling was not an easy job but they managed it in the end no need for that um, and it's a strong it's the strongest glue in the world apparently according to Mugglewump it's special bird catching bird killing glue for smearing on trees mm. who was that geezer who advertised glue on the telly and he glued himself to a aeroplane fucking hell yeah mm. is it something right not by right that was obviously a close shot Mr by right but it was like something like that something like fix right or something I'm thinking it wasn't Ted Malt was it Ted Malt used to do the stuff with the um, the double glazing in the wind he was in the in the highest pub in the land and he would drop a feather yeah. down and it would just drop and there was no wind at all I've got a, was it Ted Malt he was stuck I on know, a big Ted board Malt's wasn't daughter. he do you yeah wow man stuck on board in advert And he was in a plane, wasn't he, being carried around? Yeah, but I was sure there was a geezer. Oh, yeah, that's Everest double glazing. You only fit double glazing once, so fit the best. Everest. Everest. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. And it was solvite glue. Um, oh. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, the it hanging is, yeah. man. And he Who stuck he himself then? to a plane, did he? I don't think he was famous. I think he was just some cunt. Who did it? I don't think they could have insured anyone famous to do that. They just had to I get an. Uh, he'll, he'll have uh, been a stuntman a or something str- like that. A struggling actor. Yeah, he'll have been one of them pricks that, that does that kind of thing for fun. Because they like to test the boundaries of life. If I got I an know. offer to do a glue ad, glued to an aeroplane, yeah, um, I'd if the money was decent, I'd consider it. How much would you do it for? Okay, good question. I well, go up on a plane, be glued to it. If they Glue guaranteed me my safety. No one can guarantee be... you your safety though, can they? Really? Can they? I I'd do it for twenty grand, mate. 
do it for half a million. 20 grand, 20 right? Grand. How long are you up there for? How long are you up there for? Well, it depends on how many it's... takes they need. They might need like about 20 minutes of footage. A grand even a if it's Even if it's a few hours. All yeah. you're doing is flying around glued to a fucking aeroplane. It's nothing. Glued to a board. I'd shit myself. I'm yeah. not saying I wouldn't, but I'd know it would eventually be over. There's either two things going to happen. Either I'll be dead, in which mm. case, fine. Don't know anything about it. True. Or I'll be walking well, around with 20 grand in my fucking pocket. You'd be aware of those few seconds while you fall to the earth before you collide yeah, with I the mean, ground. It's a few seconds, isn't it? You just think, mm. I'll just be thinking to myself, right, that's me dead. Nice and TTF dead. Here indicates. it comes. Here it comes. Ten, yeah. nine, eight, <laughs> seven. <laughs> ah, the frosty embrace of the reaper. I'm, I'm not even going to try worrying about all the things I did or didn't do. I'll mm. be over in a few seconds. Here it dead, comes. Dead. And with any luck, mm. there's no fucking afterlife or anything. Because <laughs> I'll have a lot of explaining to do when I get up there. That, that'll <laughs> be me. Totally out of the picture. Lovely stuff. Hey, hey, come on. No, come and tell these lads. This cunt here, he's just arrived this morning, right? You don't believe how he got here. Listen, tell them. <laughs> tell them what you did. Fine. A fucking board. I glued Glute myself to a board for a glue advert. For 20 grand. That were offered 20 grand to do. 20 grand? 20 yeah. fucking grand. It's not worth the risk. What fucking risk? There's no risk. Well, there clearly was. It clearly you're is. Dead. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, well, as I'm pretty sure the money goes to the missus, so at least some good will come of it. I got 50% up front before I did the job, so, you know, I've definitely got that in the bank. Um, I but... did get offered a job once on an advert, sort of semi-acting in mm. an advert. Mm. And it was... the I knew the bloke who'd written the ad. It was for McDonald's. All right. right. And they'd done loads of, um, like, auditions for the bloke... In the ad, who was supposed to be a generic football fan singing songs, but they changed the words, right? Mm. And um, and he goes, listen, we've tried loads of people and it's not quite working. And I keep thinking, you'd be quite funny doing it, right? Mm. And it wasn't a load of money. It was like from McDonald's ad, you'd be thinking, hey, here we go, 100 grand. Mm. I think this is in, in I, I remember it was the year I was getting married so that's one of the reasons I was particularly tempted because I had to pay a lot of money for the wedding yeah. different. and I think they offered me five grand right right and I had an agent at the time who was a bit she was a bit posh and fancy alright and I rang her up and said look I'm doing this do you want to like do the deal with them and sh- she said you cannot do an advert for McDonald's and I what? went what why not and she gave this long fucking speech about how McDonald's was a really like unethical or something something <sighs> brand right Jesus Christ. and she said you know listen right a lot of people working in the television industry right senior mm-hmm. people are, are there going to be the sort of people who really don't really dislike the way that McDonald's do business and if you align yourself with that brand you'll be blacklisted then... yeah and I went <laughs> I was like this, but it's five grand. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ken Lodge did a McDonald's ad. Of course he Everyone fucking thinks did. he's great. Yeah, she talked me out of it. And as you can tell by the way I'm still going on about now, I've always thought, what the fuck did you talk me out of that for? Five yeah. grand, that ad probably would have only run for a couple of months. Everyone would have forgotten about it. And she'd have got a 20% as well. Everyone's happy. 
Exactly. Fucking hell. Fucking idiot. Fucking no, hell. I'll never get asked to do that again. You'll When you're plumbing the earth from your wooden board off the aeroplane, oh. you'll be thinking about that before you hit the ground, won't you? Well, the, I think that's why I've been so hasty to accept the imaginary offer of this 20 grand well, to do. Yeah. Because I feel like I've got making up to I'm thinking, hey, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Next time I get offered an, um, uh, the opportunity to be in an advert for a load mm. of money... You know, I doubt that opportunity will come again. But if it does, then I'm consider me there. Well, is it four times more dangerous than a McDonald's advert? I'd say it's fucking twenty times more dangerous. You should be asking for hundred grand <laughs> at least. Well, yeah, I'd ask for more, but I'm saying between me and you, they could easily get me to do it for, 20. for twenty grand. Right. I'm not going to go in and say I want twenty grand. I'm going to yeah. ask for loads more. What I'm saying is, I would be sufficiently desperate for the cash yeah. to do it for twenty. Right. I don't think I'd do it Bottom for less because it's it's a whole day out, and it. I mean, that, mm. for me, the the hassle of filming anything is the real chore, much more than the, yeah. the threat to my life. It's Can't like you got to get up given time. really early. Yeah. You got to get there. They might send a taxi for you, and you're sitting in the back of the car, all car sick. Mm. And then you get there, and you got to talk to dickheads. And then there's a load of sitting around. Yeah. Fuck that! I can't be bothered. I've got other shit. Fifty grand, to I reckon. I've got a fucking... I'd rather be mopping the kitchen floor, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think we should do acting, now you've said that. I think oh, we yeah. Should, I think we should do Waiting for Godot. <gasps> I'm, mate, I would definitely do that. <laughs> I think the people want to see us interpreting <laughs> the work of Beckett and they want to see it yeah. fucking soon. Yeah, we'll do that then. Put or that on the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern deceased because well. I did that for my English A level, and that I think well. it was basically a rip off of Waiting for Godot. Yeah, we'll do a double header that as well. Yeah, fine, let's do it. Book, we'll nice do one. it up in. A, we'll do it in Sunderland first, we'll it, and then we'll if it goes it. well, we'll tour it. We'll do it wearing overalls and glued to a couple of boards. <laughs> yeah, on a fucking plane. That's right, cunts. It'll be the first fucking airbound theatre shop in fucking England. <laughs> Do right. a South Bank show about that, brag, you cunt. Right, that's it from this one. We've yeah. run out of time. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll try and get back on the Twitter again next week. Uh, take the FN dickheads. See ya. See ya.